0: It's funny, usually we, we talk, yeah, it sounds all right. Got to get the pastor to run the sound when the sound guy has to do the preaching. <laughs> uh, but it, it was funny because I, I had a, a message since the last time I preached. I, I thought, okay, I got this one and I got plenty of time. I don't even know when he's going to ask me to preach next. And so I, I had this all going and notes going and everything. And then about a week uh, before today, uh, God basically said, no, that's not the one. And so it went from, okay, I'm prepared to scrambling around going, okay, Lord, what what am I supposed to do now? And uh, and it it really, it was something that God had to uh, teach me first instead of something that I knew that I was just going to preach on. Uh, It was something that God had to show me first and had to answer my questions about it before I could actually even preach on it. Um, And let's look at... Uh, Galatians 5, starting in verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And that's what I want to talk about. Mainly verse 16. Then I say, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's almost like Paul gives us the... The magic key to fulfill the Christian walk. If you don't want to live in sin and be uh, tempted, not tempted, you're going to be tempted, not uh, fulfill the temptations, not to uh, succumb to the flesh, the key is to walk in the Spirit. And then he goes down and tells you what are the produces, uh, the fruit of being walking in the flesh versus walking in the Spirit. But it, for me, it was it was really difficult to wrap my head around. Okay, I I've got this key. Walk in the spirit. How do I do that? And, and to to me, it, he never really went into well, what. How do you do that? He he just says walk in the spirits, and, and you will not uh, fulfill the lust of the flesh. And and I think every one of us wants to be in that position where we're not walking by our flesh but walking in the spirit and but I had a difficult time trying to figure out okay Lord your word says that I need to walk in the spirit but I can't see it in this passage I can't see how do I do that and first off we all know that it's easy I mean, it, it's nature. We're, we're easily able to walk in the flesh. It, it's not something we have to work on. It's not something that we have to be told how to do. We just do it. And so it, it was obvious that, okay, so if we aren't supposed to walk in the flesh, we're supposed to walk in the spirit, this is something that I'm going to have to work on. It's something that I have to dig into, that I'm going to have to do something to fight against my natural flesh. But I also know that you have to, take context into the verse. So let's, let's go back up to verse 13 and see what Paul's really talking about, about in this situation. He says, For brethren, ye have, not been call, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye not be, consu- that ye be not consumed one of another. So he, he's telling these Galatians that you've been saved and you've been saved and freed from the sin that you were, you weren't, you were a slave to sin before you were saved. You didn't have a choice to make the right decision. You didn't have the ability and the strength and really you were, as the Bible says, you were of the, the son of the devil. You, you were not an heir to God's throne. You were not a son of God. And so we look at this. He says, he goes through this. Don't use that liberty that you now have, that freedom that you have through being saved to turn back into doing fleshly things. And, and then he goes, this I say then. So because of what I just explained to you, don't, don't bite and devour one another. Don't, don't use the liberty that God's giving you to do fleshly things, but walk in the Spirit. And that's the key to the above verses. So obviously to do these things, we have to work on it. Romans 12.2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Obviously, if we have to work on it, it's not our natural thing. It's not natural to walk in the Spirit, which means we have to, as the verse says, renew our mind. We have to change the way that we think. We have to change the way that we live. And by renewing it, we are allowed and able to walk the talk. Uh, We get to fulfill the fruit that comes from walking in the Spirit. If we're saved, we shouldn't be living in sin. We're, we're not bound by it. We're not, it's not a must. It's not a have to. It's still a pull, but it's not a must. 1 John 3, 6 says, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither know him. It, it's, we've been free from the burden and the chains of sin. We should be surrendered to live out and prove our salvation by our works, not for the salvation, but as a result of it. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Those good works that God hath ordained before that we should walk in are exactly those fruits. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Those are the good works that Jesus Christ before ordained those things for you to walk in, for you to be producing those fruit. Those good things is what we find are the production are the fruit of walking in the Spirit. Look over at verse 25 of Galatians 5. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Okay, Paul, you're you're you already puzzled me on what it means to walk in the Spirit. Now I now I've got live in the Spirit. Well, how do we live in the Spirit? Well, first of all, to live it, we have to abide in Jesus. John 15:4 says, "Abide in me, and I in you." As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Obviously, we're talking about fruit. Fruit, and I don't think it's a a coincidence at all that Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And Jesus was back in John saying, if you're going to produce fruit, you have to abide in me. If we abide in the vine, the Spirit of God gives us branches, the food and the nourishment that we need to grow and produce fruit. Yeah. So, great. Now I, I've got the, I know what um, me, it means to, to walk in the spirit. I still don't get how. So, God showed me uh, a couple steps, I'll say, to walk in the spirit. Let's pray and we'll get into the message. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I thank you so much for uh, giving me the ability Lord, and the, and the privilege to be able to open your word and, and to sh- share what you've shown to me, Lord. I pray that uh, you know not, in me nothing is good, Lord. I, I'm just a vessel. I pray that you fill me and be used uh, by your word tonight. Lord, I pray that you be with everyone in here tonight. In your name I ask. Amen. So first step, obviously, I think is the easiest one, is you've got to be saved. Easy first step. Uh, Turn to Romans 8. We're going to be there for a little while. But Romans 8. And we'll look at verse 9. You have to be saved to have the Holy Spirit. Uh, Romans 8, 9 says, "But But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be it. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He's saying if you don't have the Spirit, it's because you're not saved. So first step, you've got to be saved. But after you're saved, you've got to be reading his word. His word is, is a guidebook. It, it is exactly that. It will teach you everything that you need to know, but it's also food. Uh, John 14, 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. How do we know what he has said to us? How do we know and remember? How can the Holy Spirit come and tell you, hey, remember Romans 8, 9, if you've never read it? You can't, the Holy Spirit would have a very difficult time to recall things to your memory, to teach you things in the Word of God if you're not even in the Word of God. Uh, the pastor, uh, basic, he, he's used this example before, but of the native that had two dogs that were going into a fight. And after 10 times of doing these competitions, he won every single time saying, this dog is going to win or that dog's going to win. And, about the 10th time, the people started saying, how do you always know which one's going to win? He said, it's easy. It's whichever one I decide to feed is going to be the one that wins the fight. And the same thing, and it comes exactly from the Bible. Galatians 6, 8 says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting. You're going to... Feed the flesh or feed the spirit. You only do one or the other. Paul, Paul says in Galatians that... Oh, now I don't... I'm not there. Hold on. I said I was done over there. Now I'm not done over there. Verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. He says you can't be doing some of the flesh and some of the spirit. They, it's oil and water. They don't mix. You can't be 50% doing the, walking in the spirit and 50% walking in the flesh. You're doing 100% of one or you're doing 100% of the other, and that's based off of how much of this are you getting in your life? How much of this are you reading? The Bible talk, and I, I'll, I won't go down this rabbit trail, but the Bible talks about tithing. And it's really easy just to say 10%. Okay, pull your wallet out, 10%. I believe God meant more than just your wallet. I believe God meant also your time. There's 168 hours in the week. If we sleep, we'll say, 8 hours a night, that leaves 112 hours left of the day to work. Divide that by 10%. That's 11.2 hours that you should be giving to the Lord. They should be using to him. And, and we'll, we'll be nice and say you come Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and Saturday for visitation. And we'll cut those hours down and we'll say you got about three hours a week. That you should be reading God's word, praying, that you should be witnessing, that you should be doing other things, giving to the Lord. And that's if you come... Every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Saturday. But we won't go in too far into that. But so you need to have be feeding the spirit to be able to be walking in the spirit, to, to drive. If you, the Ellington's got a nice Subaru out there. It's it's a nice car, and it would be great to drive that thing from point A to point B. But if I never put gas in it. It's not going to get me anywhere. To say that I want to walk in the Spirit and I don't read this book means nothing. It's just like me sitting in that car with no gas in it saying, man, I can't wait to go to wherever. It's not going to do you any good. You could say that you want to do something, but unless you actually put gas and fuel into the car, it will never go anywhere. Same thing with the Spirit. So, once you're saved, you are reading your word, his word. You need the next step is you need to be listening for his leading, for his still small voice, as the Bible says. He's going to bring up verses, he's going to bring up uh, uh, comforts and and times in your life, but if you're not listening for it, you're going to miss it. You're not going to hear, go give that person a track. You're not going to hear, Tell this person about Christ. They're ready to get saved. But if you're not listening, you won't even hear it. You won't even do anything. Imagine Samuel being in the temple and not listening. Can you imagine what 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel would sound like if he didn't listen to what the Holy Spirit was saying? And I think if Eli would have been listening for the Holy Spirit as well, he would have made a lot of changes and would have done things differently. We have to be listening for his voice. So we have to be saved. We have to be reading God's word. We have to be listening. And fourthly, I think the easiest, not the easiest, the the simplest, most obvious next step is we have to obey it. But I think that's the hardest step. God's going to put into your path temptations. The Bible specifically says you're going to, life is going to be full of temptations and going to be trying to teach you to grow, trying to teach you how to rely on what you've read that the Holy Spirit will bring up in your mind of, nope, sorry, that's wrong, I can't do that. I shouldn't be doing that. Or as a comfort when you're going through times. But just because he brings it up doesn't mean that we have to obey it. And we need to obey what he brings up in our life. Walking in denotes that we're not in control. When you're walking in the Spirit, you're not in control where you're going to go. You're giving that control over to the Holy Spirit and to God saying, you lead me, I will follow. So you have to surrender. You're in Romans 8. Let's look at uh, verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. the spirit and not the flesh, to be able to walk in the flesh. It's not simply trying to do right or just to come to church and you hear the rules and you abide by the rules. That's not walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit isn't mean here's my list of rules and I can't do this or this or this and this and I just don't do those things. Just like uh, an athlete that wants to be in the Olympics. He, is, he or she is going to set certain rules and guidelines in their life of diets, of exercise, of things like that, that they are going to say, I'm not going to do these things. And in fact, a lot of them have to line up with the fruit of the flesh that they're going to abstain from. Does that mean they're walking in the spirit? No. You, there's more to doing things. There's more than just doing things because you have to pastor says a lot of times it, it's not about living right, it's about being right. Yeah. To, to rock, walk in the Spirit, you have to do the things that God has in the Bible according to the Spirit, not just because that's the law and I have to do it. Yeah. If that's all you're doing, you're just living a legalistic life and you're just doing it because this is what God said to do, not because I'm led to do that. That's just like if you come to church and you grow up in church and the church says you should not be going to the movies. Okay, I'm not, I'm just not going to go to the movies. And then some one of your friends says, "Hey, let's go to the movies." I can't go. Why? Cuz my church said so. Okay, why does your church say so? I don't know. Cuz probably it's in the Bible somewhere. You have to have that Rule and that standard for yourself, not just that this is my standard that my mom and dad have, not that this is just my church's convictions. The Convictions and things should be your own personal convictions. Amen. They should not be something that you just blindly follow, and that's why we did the whole what we believe and why. You shouldn't be walking through life going, well, I'm not supposed to do that. I don't know why, but I'm just told I'm not supposed to do it, so I'm just not going to do it. That's better than doing it, but you should know why you're not supposed to do it. And God's word is full of why you should and should not do things. And if we do what step two says, we're reading it, we'll know why. Walking in the Spirit is the essence and, and really the key, like I said before, to what the Christian life is all about. Romans 8, 6, you're there. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's what God wants your Christian life to be. He wants your life to be life and peace. Does it mean that everything's going to be hunky-dory every single day? No. Does it mean that... uh, The Bible specifically says you're going to go through traverse times. You're going to have hard times. But if you're walking in the Spirit while you're going through those times, he's going to bring up things. He's going to bring up verses saying, I know you're going through this valley, but David said, Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. That's why we read the Bible. That's why we have the food, the fuel that we're putting into our minds and into our heart, that while we're going through those things, we can have life and peace because we're dependent on and walking in the Spirit. So how do we overcome the flesh and obey the Spirit's leading? Uh, It's like an old riddle of if I give you an empty glass, a drinking glass, and say, extract all the air out of it. How do you do it? Well, you could try sucking all the air out, but that ain't it's still going to still have air in it. The only way you can get all the air out is by filling it with something else. The only way that we're able to extract all the f- pull that the flesh is going to be sending us all week that we're going to have to deal with is by filling that with a different mindset that is towards God and the Spirit. Philippians 2.5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus led his entire life walking in the Spirit. We have a perfect example of somebody that walked every day of his life in the Spirit, and we see what happened to him. He was crucified. They hated him. They killed him in the end. So can we say, oh, walk in the Spirit, that means we're never going to have any issues. No, the one that perfectly walked in the Spirit was crucified. But he knew, and he did it for the right reasons. He knew that was going to happen, and he still walked in the Spirit and still fulfilled the law and all the Scripture that was leading up to his death. So when we get saved, we get that Holy Spirit. We're freed. We're given that liberty from flesh and sin and we have now that opportunity and that ability to say no and then we need to be using the word of God to be filling our, our mind and our heart with the fuel that is needed to be able to say no and the, the amazing thing kind of like pastor talks about with communion uh, it's, it's, a, it's a nice thing where God says you have to do this oh but by the way you have to be right with me right. to do it Same thing with this. You need to be feeding yourself with the word of God and going through temptations. And oh, by the way, I know you're going to be going through it. I'm going to be right there giving you the strength and the power and the word of God to be able to get you through it. So really, it it means nothing as me as a person, I don't have the strength to go through everything. I don't have the ability to get through the trials and the temptations through life. But the word of God does. And I don't have to worry about... I don't have the strength. God does, and the Holy Spirit will give that to you. And that's what it means about how you walk in the Spirit. It's about brushing your teeth. We'll use that as a a good example. You know you're supposed to brush your teeth. You brush your teeth when you get up in the morning. You brush your teeth after meals. You just do what you're supposed to do. Same thing with how do you walk in the Spirit? You just do what you're supposed to do and you do it by knowing and reading what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that I should be reading God's Word. All right, I'm going to read God's Word. I'm brushing my teeth because I'm supposed to. And I'm being led by the Spirit to read God's Word. Okay, the next thing God says is to... I can't think of something right off the top of my head now, but the idea is to... Don't forsake the assembly of those coming together, even so much the more as the time approaches. Being at church is another brushing your teeth. It's just another step that the Holy Spirit says, you read this word, you're going to get the steps that you're supposed to take. And before you know it, all of a sudden, wow, I'm, I'm, I've got love. I've got joy. I've got peace. I've got the fruit of the spirit because I'm not trying to work on things. I'm letting the spirit allow me to walk by it. If we I'll just turn back to Galatians. If we're doing what the spirit says for us to do and we're obeying the Spirit, and we're reading God's word and allowing it to speak to us and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to show us things and teach us as the Bible says he's going to, we're going to produce those fruits. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Walking in the Spirit is the key to a useful and purposeful Christian life. And by following those steps, by being saved, by reading God's word every day, by giving our tithe of time to him, by listening to the Holy Spirit, by obeying what he has and shows us, it's going to allow us to produce those fruits in our life. And and because we produce those fruits in our lives, we're useful to God. The Bible says that if, if you're a branch of an apple tree and you're not producing anything, what good are you? You might as well be cut off and thrown aside and burned. You're not useful if you're not producing anything. It, it, I, I like to garden. I say I like to. I didn't say I'm good at it, but I like to garden. A tomato plant that produces absolutely nothing is useless to me. So what do I do? I might let it. I might wait and hope that it. It maybe it's just taking a little longer, to to produce something. But sooner or later, I either have to make a choice whether I pull that thing out and put another seed in the in the ground so I get something out of that spot, or I just figure out that I'm going to lose that spot of land for any kind of crop. And God sees us at the same way. We we are. Saved, We're never going to lose that salvation, but to be useful to God means that we produce fruit, that we are able to be used. If we're not producing fruit, what good are we to God? And as a child of God, he, he died on the cross for us. And if we're not willing just to produce fruit for him, what does that say about what he sacrificed for us? The Bible says, "Did I, I think it was Paul says, I gave you the gospel. Did I give it to you in vain? Did I, did I show you God's word in the gospel to get you saved for you to sit in your pew and not do anything with it? Don't be a Christian that sits and is comfortable and produces no fruit. By walking in the Spirit, we're able and allowed to produce those fruits. Do you want, you want to have joy? You want to have the fruit of long-suffering, of peace? Walk in the Spirit. And the closer that we get to reading our Bible, the closer we get to serving God, the closer we get to Christ and being like Him, the more fruit that we'll produce, the more useful we can be of God And honestly, it, it really lets us live out our name of being a Christian, of being Christ like, a Christ follower. It was a, it was a slanderous name back when it was first made, but they clung to it. By saying you were a Christian back then was a derogatory word. You're a Christian, you're a little Christ. But they clung to that because they knew the importance of what that meant. The Bible says that Moses came out and they, his face shone so bright because they knew he was in the presence of God. How's your light shining? If you're walking in the Spirit, your light's going to be bright. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for uh, giving us your word, Lord, for being able to uh, have a copy of it and be able to freely read it. Lord, so many places in this world, men and women are, are risking their lives to have a copy of this word and to be able to be saved. And yet we have it, and we have many copies probably at home, and yet we put it on the shelf and don't read it. Lord, I pray that you burden us with wanting and the desire to read it, uh, that we we realize this is real, and Lord, it's the only fulfilling way that we will be able to live the life to be able to hear you say, well done. Lord, I pray that you be with each and every one of our hearts
1: tonight, in your name I ask, amen. Amen. Christians that determine. You know what, I'm just going to do what's right, I'm going to do what's right, I'm determined that I'm going to do what's right. But all the determination in the world does nothing for you if you're not walking in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that has to do that work in our hearts, and the more we allow Him to work in us, the more that we are going to be determined to do what's right, but we're not doing it on our own. All the determination in the world can last you a week or two or three weeks of living for God, but it's going to break down if you're not walking in the Spirit, because the flesh is going to take over, And you're going to give in to the flesh. and You're going to go right back into whatever it is that you determined that you weren't going to do anymore. But when we're walking in the Spirit, it's a total different type of determination. Because we're not just determined to do it on our own. We're determining to do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. And the more you walk in the Spirit, the less you're going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. In fact, the Bible is very clear about that. If you're not walking in the Spirit, then you are fulfilling the lust of the flesh. And vice versa is true too. If you're filling the if you're if you're walking in the flesh, you can't walk in the spirit. You can't. Good message. The Lord has spoken to your heart tonight as the invitation or as the as the piano plays, the invitation is open, you can come.